Hi, it's Diane. Tonight I'm going to be reading The Maiden's Dream. I'm reading from Violets and Other Tales by Alice Ruth Moore. The Maiden's Dream The maid had been reading love poetry, where the world lay bathed in moonlight, fragrant with dew-wet roses and jasmine, harmonious with the clear tinkle of mandolin and guitar, then a lethargy, like unto that which steeps the senses and benumbs the faculties of the lotus-eaters, enveloped her brain, and she lay as one in a trance, awake yet sleeping, conscious yet unburdened with care. And there stole into her consciousness words, thoughts, not of her own, yet she read them not, nor heard them spoken. They fell deep into her heart and soul, softer and more caressing than the overshadowing wing of a mother dove sweeter and more thrilling than the last high notes of a violin, and they were these. Love most potent, most tyrannical, and most gentle of the passions which sway the human mind, thou art the invisible agency which rules men's souls, which governs men's kingdoms, which controls the universe. By thy mighty will do the silent. Eternal hosts of heaven sweep in sublime procession across the unmeasured blue. The perfect harmony of the spheres is attuned for thee and by thee. The perfect coloring of the clouds, than which no mortal pigment can dare equal, are thy handiwork. Most ancient of the heathen deities, Eros, powerful god of the Christians, Jehovah, all hail for a brief possession of thy divine fire have kingdoms waxed and waned. Men in all the bitterness of hatred fought, bled, died by millions, their grosser selves to be swept into the bosom of their ancient mother, an immense holocaust to thee. For thee, and thee alone, does the world prosper. For thee do men strive to become better than their fellow men. For thee, and through thee, have they sunk to such depths of degradation as causes a blush to be painted upon the faces of those that see. 
all things are subservient to thee. All the delicate, intricate workings of that marvelous machine, the human brain. All the passions and desires of the human heart. Ambition, desire, greed, hatred, envy, jealousy, all others. Thou breedst them all. O love, thou art all-potent, all-wise, infinite, eternal. The power is felt by mortals in all ages, all climes, all conditions. Behold. A picture came into the maiden's eye. A broad and fertile plain, tender verdure, soft blue sky overhead, with white, billowy clouds nearing the horizon, like great, airy, snow-capped mountains. The soft, warm breeze from the south whispered faintly through the tall, slender palms and sent a thrill of joy through the frisky lambkins who capered by the sides of their graver doms. And there, among the riches of the flock, stood Laban, haughty, stern, yet withal a kindly gleam in the glance which rested upon the group about him. Hoary the beard that rested upon his breast, but steady the hand that stretched in blessing. Leah the tender-eyed, the slightest is there, and Rachel, young and beautiful and blushing beneath the ardent gaze of her handsome lover. And Jacob loved Rachel, and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. How different the next scene! Heaven's wrath burst loose upon a single community. Fire, the red-winged demon with brazen throat wide-opened, hangs his brooding wings upon an erstwhile happy city. Hades has climbed through the crater of Vesuvius and leaps in fiendish waves along the land. Few the souls escaping, and God have mercy upon those who stumble through the blinding darkness made more torturingly hideous by the intermittent flashes of lurid light. And yet there come three, whom the darkest seems not to detour, nor obstacles impede. Only a blind person, accustomed to constant darkness, 
and familiarized with these streets could walk that way. Nearer they come, a burst of flames thrown into the inky firmament by impish hands, reveals Glaucious, supporting the half-fainting Ione, followed by Nadia, frail, blind, flower-loving Nadia, sacrificing life for her unloving beloved. And then the burning southern sun shone bright and golden o'er the silken sails of the Nile's serpent ships, glinted on the armor and weapons of the famous galley, shone with a warm, caressing touch upon her beauty, as though it loved this queen as powerful in her sphere as he in his. It is at Actium, and the fate of nations and generations yet unborn hang, as the sword of Damocles hung upon the tiny thread of destiny. Egypt herself, her splendid barbaric beauty, acting like an inspiration upon the craven followers, leads on, foremost in this fierce struggle. Then the tides turn, and overpowered, they fly before disgrace and defeat. Antony is there, the traitor, dishonored, false to his country, yet true to his love. Antony, whom ambition could not lure from her passionate caresses. Antony, murmuring softly, Egypt, thou knowest too well, my heart was to thy rudder tied by the strings, and thou shouldst tow me after over my spirit, the full supremacy thou knewest, and that thy beck might from the bidding of thy gods command me. Picture after picture flashed through the maiden's mind. Agnes, the gentle, sacrificing, burrowing like some frantic animal through the ruins of Lisbon, saving her lover, Franklin, by teeth and bleeding hands. Dora, the patient, serving a loveless existence, saving her rival from starvation and destitution. The stern, dark, exiled Florentine poet with that one silver ray in his clouded life, Beatrice. She heard the piping of an elfish voice. Mother, why does the minister keep his hands over his heart? And the white, drawn face of Hester Prynne 
with her scarlet elf child passed slowly across her vision. The wretched misery of deluded Lucius and his mysterious Lamia she saw and watched with breathless interest the formation of that Brotherhood of the Rose. There was radiant Amarel from sea-blown, wave-washed lioness, her perfect head poised in loving caress over the magic violin. Dark-eyed Corinne, head drooped gently as she improvised those Rome-famed world symphonies past, almost ere Edna and St. Elmo had crossed the threshold of the church, happy in the love now consecrated through her to God. Oh, the pictures, the forms, the love words which crowded her mind. They thrilled her heart, crushed out all else save a crushing, overpowering, sense of perfect, complete joy, a joy that sought to express itself in wondrous melodies and silences, filled with thoughts too deep and sacred for words, overpowered with the magnificence of his reign, overwhelmed with the complete subjugation of all things unto him. Do you wonder that she awoke, and placing both hands into those of the lover at her side, whispered, Take all of me, I am thine own, heart, soul, brain, body all, all that I am or dream is thine forever. Yea, though space should teem with thy conditions, I'd fulfill the whole, were to fulfill them to be loved by thee. That was the maiden's dream. Sleep well, my friend. <laughs>